Hi, welcome. My name is Victoria and I work for the Charlotte Mecklenburg Library. So as part of our college and career initiative, we are interviewing current or recently graduated students at a variety of schools for teens to learn more about colleges before applying. All opinions expressed by interviewees are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Charlotte Mecklenburg Library or its affiliates. Their opinions are based upon their experiences and information in which they consider to be reliable. Today, we are going to have our first panel episode, and we are going to talk about historically black colleges and universities. But before we get started, I want to share what they are and some of the history for those who might not know. Historically black colleges and universities, or HBCUs as they are commonly referred, are institutions that came about before the Civil Rights Act of 1964. These schools were created with the intention of meeting the educational needs of the African-American community who previously had negligible opportunities to attend college. These schools have humble beginnings, with the first HBCUs conducting classes in people's homes, as well as church basements and old schoolhouses. The Morrill Act of 1890, which required states to provide land grants for colleges to serve Black students, allowed HBCUs to build their own campuses. Today, there are 107 HBCUs, with 228,000 students enrolled, 56 of which are private, and the other 51 are public. Everyone, thank you for joining me today to talk about your HBCU experience. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So we're going to start with Alicia. What school did you go to and where is it located? I attended Winston-Salem State University, which is in Winston-Salem, North Hi, Carolina. Jamie? Uh, yes, I, I attended North Carolina Central University located in Durham, North Carolina. All right, and Shaquana? I attended Fayetteville State University, Bucking Broncos in Fayetteville, North Carolina. <laughs> Tiffany? The illustrious North Carolina A&T State University located in Greensboro, North Carolina. And Viviette. I attended Lincoln University in Lincoln, Pennsylvania, and also North Carolina Central in Durham, North Carolina. Awesome. So we're going to go in that same order again, but this time the question is, what is it like to attend an HBCU? Well, I can only speak for myself, and for me, it was absolutely wonderful. Um, it was everything that I expected that it would be and more. When I attended Winston-Salem State, I was um, following in the footsteps of my dad, who was also a Winston-Salem State University Ram, class of 1975, and I spent a lot of my childhood um, on the campus of Winston-Salem State University, and so when I got there, it did not disappoint. I had small class sizes, I made lasting friendships, and I had wonderful opportunities for both my academic development as well as my professional development, and I experienced a ton of That's really awesome. personal growth. Uh, for myself, um, going to HBCU, I really did have that many expectations for it. Uh, my brother had went for a short time before uh, to North Carolina Central, and I decided to go there myself. Um, but as far as the experience that I had, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. It actually changed me and made me the person I am today. Uh, I was able to meet lifelong friends there who I still talk to every day. Um, and I still feel proud for my school every single day, especially when I hear it, especially when I see anybody with North Carolina Central gear on, any type of, when anybody mentions Durham or anything like that, I see Durham as my second home away from, away from where I live at right now. Um, and, I, and I just enjoyed my whole experience at North Carolina Central. That's awesome. Shaquana? Okay. Um, for me, I think it's a really indescribable feeling 
Um, for me, I was the first in my family to attend an HBCU. Um, so it was just an experience that I shared with my family members and shared with my friends because I was one of the first primary people to do it. And I think it really helped me form long-lasting friendships. It really gave me a pride in my culture and who I was. Um, and it's really nothing like it. I really value the experience even now. That's really awesome. Tiffany? Um, I'm going to have to say, say the same as Shaquana. Like, it's a really un- indescribable feeling. Um, and it's not one that you can understand unless you attend a HBCU. Um, and it really is one of the best decisions I've made in my life. So that's really awesome. Viviette? Yes, in my freshman year at Lincoln University, I experienced my life as a young person growing into being an adult around other young people with positive visions of becoming, you know, doctors or teachers and medical professionals. And we were all like in one accord. It was great seeing like people that looked like me and professors who looked like me. And there was a lot of culture, a lot of um, uh, dynamic between each other because we had similar family backgrounds. Um, We had similar food interests as well. Um, And then later on in life, when I went to grad school, I decided to attend HBCU as well um, for North Carolina Central. And it's, it's interesting, so many years passed by, but I still felt the same seasoned idea and feeling of heritage and love for my people. And it was just, um, I, I don't even have many words, but joy. It, it was <laughs> joyful for me. That's so cool. All right. So what would you say are some misconceptions about HBCUs? Well, for me, I think one of the most glaring misconceptions about HBCUs is that HBCUs lack diversity. When I attended Winston-Salem State, I had professors from all around the world. Um, While the majority of my classmates were Black, like me, there were international students, there were white students, there were students of other ethnic origins and Mm -hmm. racial backgrounds. And not only um, with race and ethnicity was there diversity, but there there was just diversity in the types of people whom I met. For example, I grew up in a really small town where my parents were very much working class and I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. And the neighborhood that I grew up in, everyone was just working and trying to get by. And when I went to Winston-Salem State for the very first time, I was exposed to Black people who were actually wealthy and affluent and who came from a different socioeconomic class, something that I thought, you know, as a youth was only reserved for white people. So um, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that there is no diversity in HBCUs, which is... um, Absolutely not the case. Another example of lacking diversity is that um, when I grew up, again, in my small town, I had a lot of friends who grappled with their sexuality and friends who were closeted. And while I was attending Winston-Salem State, it was the first time that I met people my age who were openly gay or lesbian, homosexual, bi, and proud. And so um, it was a very eye-opening experience for me and probably something that many people might not expect. 
uh, as far as my, as far as myself, uh, I believe one of the misconceptions that most people have about HBCUs is that the quality of education is not as good as other universities. Um, they see as um, it being uh, predominantly black that the education, as far as the quality of education, the education you get there, would be lacking compared to bigger schools. So, so, compared to bigger schools, um, more, more to more, um, um, more well-known schools, and I just know that that is just completely tr untrue. Some of the most intelligent people I've ever met, some of the most intelligent professors, almost accomplished professors I ever met, were at were at North Carolina Central and at HBCUs. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's just it's it's just that I know that most people most people would think that. HBCU going to HBCU as far as the courses there are easier or that they are just you know um, not as good. That I believe that's that's one of the major misconceptions that I believe that most people probably have when they hear that someone had went to an HBCU and they don't know the history of it, don't know the prestige of it, and um, yep, that's it. Shabana. Um, so just to piggyback off of Alicia, the same thing, like, um, although we are HBCUs and the, the student body is mostly African American, we are very inclusive, you know, our schools are inclusive to students from different countries and different backgrounds as well as professors. Um, and I would say also, even within the African American community based on you know, the community that you grew up in or the neighborhood that you grew up in, even the state that you grew up in, there's some regional differences there as well, like me being from New York and being from the North and coming to an HBCU in the South, there were some differences there and things that I had to learn, you know, simple things like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, um, just an array of things that I appreciated and learned at my time there. Yeah, definitely. Tiffany? So um, it's funny Shaquana mentions that because I learned, I was that person who um, came from a small town thinking that all Black people, you know, work, we all were Christian, we all went to church. And when I stepped on campus and, you know, found out that all Black people, that's not what they all do, it was shocking for me. So there's still that diversity there that everyone's talking about. Um, you know, you, I met people with different religious grounds, just different spiritual practices, um, and just learning. And, you know, me being from the South, you know, everybody says hi or hello or what's up when you walk by. And then to know that that's not how people interact up North, it was a learning experience and it was, it was just different and pretty much a culture shock. Um, also, at least I don't know about anybody else in school, but um, the misconception about HBCUs, and particularly my school, um, it was that it's a party school. And yeah. for a very long time, it was, oh, no, you can't go to that school or I'm not sending my child to that school. That's that's all they do there is party. And it's like all school parties, like every last one of us. And it's not more than the other. And somehow they figured if their child went to um, a PWI, which is a predominantly white institution, that somehow they were going to get a better quality education and less to no partying. And that's just simply not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about for you, Viv? Yeah, I, I definitely saw the misconceptions um, as soon as I went to Lincoln University. I had um, 
the opportunity to go to other schools, but I chose that one because it was smaller classrooms. And um, my professors were very hands-on. They were always talking to us on campus. Um, I felt like I got a wealth of learning from them because they were seasoned from international studies. All of my professors think of studied in colleges throughout the country and overseas, and they brought their skills back to us. So I also attended a predominantly white institution, um, Long Island University in Brooklyn, New York, and that experience was like totally different. I was like, well, I felt more like in tune with my classes at the HBCU than I did at the predominantly white institution um, because the white institution was heavily, like there were a lot of more students. Um, the teachers, I, I felt the professors, they were okay. they were fine. It's just that I felt more connected to the ones at my HBCU because of the class size. And also I didn't feel as rushed when I went to the HBCU campuses. I felt like we had more time to interact with each other and um, had more time. And yeah, we talk about partying, but yeah, the social objective was great. I mean, it helps you become a, you know, a, a more developed individual, I feel. Um, so yes, partying is at every single school. And for people to think that, oh, black schools party a different way or more, and you won't get as much education, that's so wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like I learned quite a bit at my HBCUs and um, party or no party, I think if you put your mind into it and do your work, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Because I, so, I partied. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so what are your, some of your favorite college memories? Mm. Mm. Ooh, how much <laughs> do I have? Okay. So I will try my best to keep it brief, but I had wonderful wonderful college memories and one of my first was in my freshman year um, I had never been on an airplane before going to college and I actually started um, a little bit early like the summer before my freshman year through um, an honor summer advancement program and in this program I was able to earn six credit hours and um, just get exposed to college life a little bit early and have um different things like professional development and peer counselors and things of that nature. But um, during the program, we went to New York City as a cultural excursion. And I was just like floored that this university would put little old me on an airplane and take me to New York. And while I was in New York, we went to see the Phantom of the Opera, which was my first wow. ever Broadway experience. Um, we stayed at the Waldorf Astoria oh, yeah. like it was just like eye opening for someone who had never really traveled much you know beyond vacationing with parents and never having been more than 45 minutes away from home it was just amazing you know for 18 year old me to just have this really really um mind expanding experience. So that was in freshman year. But then um, in my junior year, I had an opportunity to study abroad for the first time. And I spent a semester in Mexico. And that was, again, mind blowing. 
remember, I'd never lived or never been too far than 45 minutes away from home. So to, again, have a university put little old me on a plane and give me a passport and send me to another country to live for six months, I just, it, it was just unbelievable and really hard to put into words. Um, one of my friends who went on the study abroad with me, her name is Bobby. And um, she was a non-traditional student, so she was a little bit older than me. And ironically enough, Bobby happens to be white. Um, she was a non-traditional student. And during that time, while we were studying abroad, even though I experienced like homesickness and I didn't know what to do with my hair, she really took me under her wing during that time and kind of helped to keep me afloat. And, you know, we still remain friends to this day after we became like really, really bonded um, during that study abroad experience. So I think that those two were um, probably the most life-changing for me and also among my those most Those are really exciting, actually. <laughs> yeah. Jamie? Um, see, my college experience, I mean, my favorite college memories, Um, I think it most centers around my... Uh, about my sophomore year when I joined uh, the college quiz ball team. When I joined the college quiz ball team, I just knew that my, when my, my roommate told me to join it because it was about trivia. And he says, oh, she says, I know a whole lot of useless stuff. So he just told me to, <laughs> he just told me to join. <laughs> and, and by joining that, uh, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. Uh, I was able there to meet to meet a, a group of friends that were completely different than any, than any, other, any other people I ever met. And they ended up being my friends up until uh, up until this day, um, most most of my most of my favorite memories revolve around them. Revolve about us hanging out in the dorm room, sitting around playing video games, um, uh, just doing doing game marathons and playing online games, skipping class to sit around and pass around <laughs> controls to each other, <laughs> just 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 so just just so we can just hang out and things like that. Um, going. Um, going out going out to like we were poor college students so we went to places like Costco and just ate the free <laughs> ate the free samples <laughs> as much as we could. <laughs> um let's see. And uh like going to going to Baskin Robbins on free cone day and standing in line with the little kids to get a free cone because we're still poor college students. But <laughs> mm -hmm. it was just uh my my experience like my my, my favorite memories all sitting around the friends that I had after my sophomore year. Um, we've, uh, we hung around each other. We had a room, 305. Everybody knew what 305 was. We hung out there. Um, and uh, it was just some of the best times. We would uh, have uh, water gun fights, um, water gun fights and uh, flower, flower bomb fights in the, in the middle, in the thing, in the middle of the, in the middle of the building and things like that. It was just, that was some of my best memories that I have. And, even when I go see them, everyone I see them every now and then, or I call them and stuff like that, we still bring up those same memories all these years later. Uh, you remember when we did? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, no, no, we shouldn't have done that. But it was fun, though. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> so, yeah, those are some of my best memories I can remember. And it all just comes with us, a whole bunch of nerdy kids who like answering questions about useless stuff. We end up just hanging around each other and being and being with each other and stuff like that. Um, and another one of the things was when I tried out for Jeopardy and things like that. Me and my friends, we all tried out for Jeopardy. Everybody got chosen to go to the last round except for me because I couldn't write fast enough for the handwritten questions. 
So everybody ended up going to the final round, and one of us did actually get getting picked for it. And that's one of my best, one of my favorite memories of actually seeing, actually going to a Jeopardy Jeopardy set that was in um, at North Carolina State and seeing seeing Jeopardy being played. And that's and really cool. That. My favorite, I have a few. Um, so the first one would be my freshman year of college. I had a um a writing class, and we were really small. I think we were probably about, probably eight people in there and so we started a phone tree and anytime one of us would be you know absent for class we would call each other and the professor was included um if she couldn't make it she would call us and you know give us assignments and we were just we were really a tight class like that was probably my first experience of camaraderie in a classroom on a college campus and so much to the point where we took the second part of her class the next semester and we made sure that all of us were in the same class like we took the same professor the same day same time everything so at least while there were more people in the class um most of us already knew each other and we just felt comfortable and knew that we could all help help one another um the second one would be uh, so ANC has a history of um, the ANC four, and it is one of the things that's most talked about. You about it, and um, my two older brothers went, so that was always a story that was told. And for one of my class, my humanities class, my professor brought one of um, the gentlemen. His name is Jabril Kazan. Um, at the time, his name, or before he changed his name, it was Ezel Blair, and he came in, and he spoke, and he talked about that day, and just what it was like, and his experience, his college experience, and what activism meant to him, and what it still means to him, and it was just like sitting at the foot of an elder, and just soaking up all the knowledge that you could, and for the time that you could have him, Um other, I mean, there's so many more <laughs> memories of college <laughs> memories. Like when it snowed, we had snowball fights. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when Obama became president and our campus was just ecstatic. Like it was something we have never seen before. And it was just excitement from all over. Like you could just hear the campus in an uproar. Um, just so many things. Like it's, it'll take me all day. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Beth? Oh, man. Yeah, I have a lot of memories, but one of the finest ones uh, kind of changed my path in study. I know, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be a pediatrician. So when I went to Lincoln University, I went as a pre-med student and um, I studied, you know, biology, chemistry, a lot of core subjects for pre-med. And um, I took a writing class as a um, elective that year. And my writing teacher was phenomenal. I mean, she was a storyteller. She had her own books published and I was so driven to write plays and news articles for the newspaper at the college. And I threw myself into writing more than pre-med. I started to think, do I want to be a doctor so this is something that a lot of freshmen or people in college go through. You you might reevaluate what your major is going to be. And 
from the, the time I set foot in that writing class, my professor was so impactful on my life. I mean, she told me how great of a writer I was and just always encouraged me to keep writing. She said, think about your career. Do you, do you want to be a doctor or would you rather be a writer? Or she said she saw that talent in me. So I switched my major and I became a journalism major. I mean, just it, it was something phenomenal. And it led me to my, my career later at the Associated Press, where I was able to write on a national news desk. And I never thought of that as my younger self. But when I stepped into the reality of things, I said, yeah, this was my path. Um, and then another um, thing I will never forget is um, move-in day. I think that's something that resonates with a lot of people who enter mm -hmm. college for the first mm -hmm. time yes. and packing and preparing and saying, what did I forget? What do I need? Making that last minute trip to the um, you know, department store. It's like, I need some more towels or I need to go to the, you know, the drugstore because I'm going to cut myself. I need band-aids and first aid. <laughs> so, you know, and then your parents desire um, at the time, I, I was I was so um, elated to go away because I've never been out of my mom's house. So um, she's like, you know, always have clean underwear and yada yada, you know, just the whole rundown. But movement day, I noticed that all of us were so giddy. Um, all these bright-eyed freshmen looking at each other, like, "Where are you from?" And oh, where's that accent from? You know, you're not from around here. So. It was an experience of seeing so many wide-eyed freshmen moving your bags and um, cabinets and bedding in and getting your room all adjusted and then finally making it home. And that first night just settling in and laying down and saying, what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah, it yeah definitely. It was deep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So... What about you, Shaquana? What are your, some of your favorite college memories? Um, so with me being an out-of-state student, I was away from my family a lot. So it was important for me to incorporate my new friends and my family. So for me, it was always homecoming time. Mm -hmm. I remember when my brother came to stay with me for one homecoming, and we had the greatest time. Um, in particular, it's funny that Tiffany mentioned the pork idea because I remember coming in during homecoming in a cab and it was a whole pig on the table with an apple in his mouth and I could not believe it I had never seen anything like that in my life so I was really surprised and another thing also that Tiffany mentioned is when um, President Obama won the presidency, we were so excited all night. Everybody was outside celebrating in their cars. I remember playing Jeezy. My yes. <laughs> Everybody was hyped. It was a great memory and a great experience yes. for us. Um, another thing for me that I enjoyed um, was really... Okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the big question, why did you choose to go to an HBCU? I'll start with you, Alicia. 
Well, um, when I was in high school, I was in love with my high school sweetheart. And I thought that we were going to be together forever. And I didn't want to be far away from him. So I had this idea in my mind that I was going to go to the all-women's institution of Salem College right in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I was going to just, you know, be there and not be tempted by all the other, you know, fine college guys because he was the one and I was going to Salem. And then my parents said, who's going to pay Salem tuition? (laughs) And I was just like, wait y'all aren't gonna pay for me to go to college and they're just like definitely not if this is the line of thinking that you're having so I immediately um switched gears and changed courses and um I decided you know well you know I'm only choosing Salem because of its proximity to Winston-Salem State and the fact that I love my high school boyfriend so let me just get, get a closer look at Winston And um, I took a tour. My major was communications and I toured the building and I saw the studios and I was just like, okay, yes, I'm coming back home. This is where I'm supposed to be. I don't know why I was tripping. And then Winston-Salem State University offered me a full academic scholarship. And there was no other choice after that because, um, One, I didn't apply anywhere else. And two, that was a very big deal um, for me to not create debt for myself or to create additional debt for my parents. So um, the stars aligned and I became the Ram that I was always. (laughs) Jamie? Um, Let's see. Why did I choose HBCU? Um, Honestly, I was not, I was not, Thinking about going to HBCU at first, uh, when I when I when I was first, uh, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to college. My 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 mom, my dad, always put in mind that I was going to go to college, and I wanted to follow my cousin. My cousin went to um, North Carolina uh, UNC Chapel Hill. He went there on a full academic scholarship, and I saw the campus, and I fell in love with North Carolina Chapel Hill, and I wanted to go there. Uh, and um, and my I, I want to go there. That's why I want to go. I want to study uh, computers and whatnot, and um, I, I I was bent on going North Carolina Chapel Hill uh, ever since I was little. Uh, then my then my mother enrolled me into uh, a program for Campus Connections uh, when I was when I was in uh, freshman freshman year high school, and they took us all up the east all up all up the east coast, uh, going to every HBCU uh, along the way. And during that time, I fell in love with a whole bunch of other schools. I fell in love with University of Maryland Eastern Shore. I fell in love with uh, North Carolina a I fell in love with FAMU. I fell, <laughs> I, I fell in love with a whole bunch of, I fell in love with all these schools. And by seeing them and stuff like that, and they offered, they were, um, they were offering scholarships, and they were offering, um, they were offering. Um, of uh, uh, fee waivers and stuff like that for you to apply and stuff like that, and I applied and whatnot like that. And um, with all said and done, I decided, oh yeah, I'm going to North Carolina A&T. That's where I'm gonna go. That's that's exactly where I'm gonna be at. <laughs> and um, as I went along stuff like that, I submitted um, submitted my scores and everything like that, and I was given a partial scholarship from them, and I had already 
uh, my roommate had already called me. We've already decided what we're going to bring. And my uh, principal at the time, who, were, who was a family friend, he said, well, since you're doing that, so you've been helping me uh, teach, and teach remedial math, uh, why don't you apply for North Carolina Central? They, they got this new scholarship, the Edmonds scholarship. Why don't you apply for that? And I'm like, well, I know North Carolina Central because my brother went there, but he didn't stay there. So why would I want to stay there? <laughs> so, so, so I applied to a stuff like that. And I, I did the whole essay thing and wrote everything so that they saw my scores and they, um, they, chose, they chose me for the full scholarship there. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to North Carolina Central now. <laughs> and, and I mean, I mean, I felt kind of bad for my for my for my um, potential roommate at North Carolina Antique because I didn't call him and tell him I was not going to be there. But um, oh. <laughs> but uh, I went to uh, North Carolina Central, and that's I I basically say that North Carolina Central HBCUs chose me. Um, I didn't because, I, like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to go to Chapel Hill. Then all of a sudden, once I went and actually saw them and actually went on that, went on campus connections and saw all the schools, I fell in love with the history of it, with the, with the, with the prestige of it, with the fact that the that the that the that the classrooms didn't make you feel like you'd be lost in the shuffle, and I, I mean. North Carolina chose me to, to uh, decide that I was good enough to have a full scholarship and put that faith in me. And I've been, I've never looked back since then. That's awesome. Shaquana? Um, for me, because I was the first generation of my family to go to, to attend at HBCU, I remember watching shows, watching, you know, Black shows on TV, like A Different World, The Cosby Show, Fresh Prince, Family Matters in the house where the characters would have on apparel. Like they would have sweatshirts and t-shirts with different HBCUs on it. And that kind of, that stayed with me. Um, and, you know, coming from New York, you come from a place where it's very diverse. So you go to school mostly with different people, different races, different cultures, ethnicities, all of that. But when you go home, everyone looks like you in your neighborhood. Um, and when it came down to choosing schools, the only neighborhood school that I went to was when I was in elementary school. So when I had to pick schools from middle school to high school, I had to apply to those schools. Mm -hmm. And it was based on my grades and how I looked on paper. It wasn't anything personal. So most of us would choose schools outside of our neighborhoods because that would mean that we would have a chance at a better education. So mm -hmm. when it came down to picking where I wanted to go to college, to some extent, it had to be my choice. I felt like it would be based on my merit, but it was also going to be somewhere that I felt comfortable, that I felt that teachers and people that look like me would encourage me and help me along the way. Um, and so for me, it was a, a very personal experience. Um, I say a lot of times that this world and everything that's going on, um, when it comes to people of color, you know, they love our culture, but they don't always love us. Mm -hmm. And um, so for me to go to HBCU, it was a safe haven for me. 
a place where I felt like I could grow and be safe and mature and learn and fully be myself and also learn about myself in the midst of it. That's awesome. Tiffany? Yeah. Um, so apart from, aside from my, you know, most of my family going to HBCUs, I, in the eighth grade, I had a mentor and she ended up becoming one of my teachers in, um, while I was in high school, but she was from my eighth grade year to my 12th grade year. She was my mentor and I was also on the step team and she would take us, um, to like different colleges to look at the step teams and, it was very reminiscent of what I would see, you know, on TV and especially a different world, but we will always go to the HBCUs and it was just something about always walking onto the campus and seeing other people who look like me and then, you know, joining with the step learning from um, the sororities and fraternities uh, with, um, step routines and then also um my classmates who were ahead of me they would usually come back to high school and like just kind of talk to us it was very informal when they came but they would come to you know see some of the teachers and then the teachers were like you know tell them tell them about your experience at college what is it like and most of them went to HBCUs um some of them even went to A&T and just to sit and listen to them talk about their experiences and how much their decision means to them, meant to them. It was like, well, I know I want that experience. Whatever that feeling is that they have, I know I'm only going to find that at HBCU. And also, I knew that I was going to have the rest of my life to be a minority. And it wasn't mm-hmm. going to be, it, it wasn't something that I could, do anything about so four years I'm going to surround myself with people who look like me who have the same drive as me are different from me and I can learn from still and it's one it's the very true meaning of a homecoming like when we have homecoming I truly do feel like I'm coming back home I'm coming back to people who understand me who you know we don't have to play politics you know I understand what you have been going through at work. And now that we're home, we're, you know, at our homecoming, we do, we can let all of that go. So that's really cool. I love that. Viviette? Yes. Um, the reason why I chose an HBCU as a freshman, I was very intrigued by the life of young African-American people like myself. Um, I wanted to experience conversations and learning together. And also I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. So I grew up around a lot of other cultures and the colleges that chose me were not HBCUs. Um, I almost went to SUNY Purchase, upstate New York. Um, also Syracuse, upstate New York. There were a lot of New York schools that I would, would have attended if not for the presence of the HBCU life. I wanted that experience. I did not want to be a minority on a campus. And um, when I went to the HBCU for the first time, I realized that yes, 
I have to be here. You know, it just felt like home. I didn't even know the campus yet. But as soon as I set foot on that campus, it was like, oh man, this is what I was missing, you know? Because I didn't have that experience in high school. I went to a very diverse high school in Harlem, um, the high school music and art. And we had people from all over New York that attended that school. And when I went to an HBCU, I saw a specific concentration of Black people that I never experienced any time in my life. Um, and then later on, when I got my master's degree at um, North Carolina Central, it, the great thing about that is that I was asked to come back and speak to future librarians and future people who, who, who want to develop their degrees at an HBCU. So it was very, I was honored to be asked to come back and speak about my experiences. And that was, that was something I'll never forget about, you know, um, just being a part of that HBCU family. It's like a part of your resume for life. They look at that and say, oh, she's alumni. We got to get her, you know, it, and it's like, it's a connection that we all have going to an HBCU. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. All right. What do you wish you had known that an incoming or prospective student can benefit from? Mm. Alicia? Oh, that's a mm -hmm. tough one. Um, what do I wish I would have? Um, I wish I, and this probably sounds a little superficial, but I wish that I had known that the same food that they enticed us with at open house would not be the food that we that is the truth. Hook, line, and speaker. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's so true. I wish, <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have known that the food that they enticed us with was not the food that they would feed us on a regular basis. And that, um, like, the extra food like we didn't have back then we didn't have like a full-fledged food court with like national chains like as I was graduating we got Subway but like we had what they called the Ram Shack and that food was much better but the calf food was probably better for you and spending like all of my declining balance at the Ram Shack on like bacon sandwiches and Philly cheese steaks that was pro that was not the best like I wish that I knew that the freshman 15 was very very real and that if I would have just been able to stomach no pun intended that horrible cast food I may have come out a little on the lighter side <laughs> um, and I'll say this um, I didn't realize about myself before college that I am very much an introvert. I didn't know that. I don't think I knew the word introvert before going to college. So um, if I could go back and tell my former self, you know, it's okay to meet the people who aren't exactly like you or to try to expand your circle. And if I could go back and tell myself, you know, it's okay to, you know, not be a wallflower. Um, maybe I would have, enjoyed and embraced college just a little bit more but then again maybe it was just right because I loved it so much maybe those little extras would have just sent me over the edge but I think those are the things that I probably 
wish I would have known, you know, that I, that I did know going yeah. in. Jamie? Um, as far as what I wish I had known before, what I wish I had known before going to college and whatnot, that I wish I had known um, basically to, well, while I was there, to basically take advantage of, of every opportunity that's being offered to you. Uh, as far as chances to study abroad, as far as chances to yeah. to mm-hmm. to take internships, mm-hmm. as far as anything like that, it might not seem like fun at the beginning, but it will benefit you more, a whole lot more when it's when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, I know, I, I know, I know. Most people at college when they go to college, you have you have all the freedom of being the adult, being an adult, but none of the responsibility. Um, but that's kind of that's true in some ways. You could go and party as much as you want to, but at the end, though, you do have responsibility of at least being there to make yourself better and to get your education. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would tell anyone that if there's if there's an opportunity that's being offered, and it's a rare opportunity for you to even to internship working with a company, and there's no telling what that can turn into. Uh, one of my friends ended up interning for. Um, interning for um, uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, and he somehow he ended up working in R and D in Walmart. <laughs> so, and he's he's making uh, he making uh, a whole lot of money there. But at first, he wasn't even thinking about doing the internship there because how was how was work for Tennessee, Tennessee Valley Authority was going to help him either way. But he took that chance. And he um, he ended up being very successful and things like that. And I wish that I had been as brave as him to go take those internships, go take those opportunities, study abroad, uh, even even to join the JET program, which is the uh, Japanese Education Training Program, to even do that. That right there would open up a whole lot of opportunities and things like that. So if you have any opportunity or any or any type of or any type of uh, any type of special thing that can be done that you have opportunity of get of being involved in. They, there's no there's no harm going for it. Sure. Um, for me, I would say maybe because I was a out-of-state student, the financial aid aspect. So um, for me, my school gave me some grants and some loans and uh, some scholarship money, but there was always money that was left over. So I had to, I had a work-study position that I had to go to to get my money. I also had a serving job on the side at times. So I would say really be a go-getter as far as looking into those scholarships and that extra money so that is, you know, the cost is covered and it won't be such a financial strain on yourself and your family. Um, Another thing is housing. (laughs) I was always lax with housing, I think, is because I was, during the time that I was home, during the time that we were off from school, I was enjoying being home and I would do everything last minute at times. But when you're an out-of-state student, or even if you live in a state, that housing goes quickly. Yes, it will. Um, so, so it's best to be on top of that, get your papers in and whatever they need from you and your information in as soon as possible. So when you come and you're ready to move in, and it goes very gracefully, and um, that will take a load off. Um, and another thing I would say uh, is just uh, having different friend groups, having different friend groups, and you know, different activities, and just trying out um, and see what fits for you. 
if it doesn't fit for you, then that's fine. But at least try it. Like, just be open. That's what I would say. Be open to new things and new people and learning and just exploring yourself and getting to know yourself and others around you better. It really makes the experience even better. Definitely. Tiffany? Shaquana, are we thinking the same way? Because, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Because, um, Basically, I mean, she pretty much said it all, but, um, and Alicia had some, that really good point of the, the catfish with the food at the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but definitely learn about yourself. Um, I think it's always good to have a good group of core friends, but definitely make friends outside of that core group because you never know who you're going to need or just who you're going to, um, what friendships are going to last you know what I mean and it's always good to to know people outside of that that core group that you have also never take no for an answer that it it does not mean it is the final no Mm -hmm. and my brother had to tell me that when I became a freshman um at A&T because I don't know about you all but you know that financial building you know everybody in that building and Dowdy just really tapped on my nerves and I had to talk to people over and over again and Mm -hmm. sometimes different people until I got a yes and there will always be a yes but you have to continue because and it also shows them and yourself more importantly how much you want your education so they may tell you no the first time but keep calling keep emailing make sure you know who you talk to when you talk to them at what time you talk to them to them and until you get your yes, because there is a yes. That's awesome. Yes. Um, I'm, I will echo everything you all said, because I experienced it all, um, especially with the food situation. Um, <laughs> if you have a microwave in your room, you might want to get some frozen dinners from your local supermarket, because sometimes the food is not palatable. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, you will have to spend extra for those uh, fast food places or to go to a restaurant. Um, so have a, a food su- a food uh, supply and also think about uh, your, your money. Um, think about the financial expenses of everything, of travel back home, because sometimes I wanted to go back home and I didn't have enough money to get on Amtrak. And I was just stuck. I remember one Easter break, I was at campus because I didn't have enough money to come home. Um, there's a lot of things that you have to look out for as far as financial aid. Um, apply for it every semester because, yes, your your housing will run out. I was an out-of-state student as well. And um, you can get bumped out of your comfortable, you know, apartment in freshman hall. And you have to pay for an outside dwelling, which might be a couple of miles away from your campus. Um, you don't want to have that extra expense of having to take an Uber or Lyft to campus because you don't have housing on campus. Um, also, think about um, connection back with your families. Um, I always had to stay co- in contact because you, you can have an emergency at campus. And I do remember one time having to go to the emergency room and I didn't know what my insurance was. Um, 
make sure you always have like your insurance information. Um, you know, because your parents usually hold that stuff for you. But once you get to college, it seems like you become an adult immediately. It's like that. <laughs> it's like you're yeah. 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 security yeah. number. Store it in your brain or just have a copy of it somewhere. But I know it is very vital in case of emergencies. And, you know, if you have to lose contact with your family, it's 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 a scary moment, you know. But um, I do think that um, you all will survive. I mean, I, I, I must say the experience of living on your own at a campus, even though you have friends and you have professors, you're by yourself as far as taking care of yourself. Um, it's it's a deep moment to go through, you know, to ingest everything. It's like, oh, where's my next meal? Or how long am I gonna study? Or can I make this party over here? Or am I gonna travel mm -hmm. this weekend? Oh, it, there's, a lot of, uh, it, there's a lot of planning you have to do with yourself. And I would say, you know, get a planner or do something in your cell phone where you keep everything organized because it's it's important to keep your mind right when you're going through this transition into your adulthood. Absolutely. All right. What would you say to those who say that HBCUs are no longer relevant? You're wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you're absolutely unequivocally wrong. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, while HBCUs were born out of necessity, um, my parents were children of the civil rights era. Both my parents um, are alumni of HBCUs. My mom went to Livingstone College. Of course, I already mentioned that my dad went to Winston-Salem State. They were both first-generation college students in their families. Um, my mom, um, if memory serves, was the only one of her siblings to earn a high school diploma. Mm. And they had limited choices and limited opportunities, and they had to be there. Now we have the opportunity to make a choice to be there. And much like Tiffany said earlier, it gives you that opportunity to create your community and everyone else alluded to it, to not be the minority and to not be the only one. And um, there's just a rich heritage and history in HBCUs. Also, I just wanna make a plug that Winston-Salem State University was voted the number one public HBCU in the United States by Money Magazine awesome. in 2019. Right. So there is quality education to be found at HBCU. Okay, now. So if anybody <laughs> wants to tell you that there is no need for HBCUs in this current day and age, I would say you're wrong. What about you, Jamie? Um, I'd say that they're absolutely wrong, that uh, HBCUs are more relevant today than they ever have been. Um, HBCUs are where Oh, or where action, where action starts. Whenever, whenever there's injustice, whenever there's any unfairness being done, the HBCUs are the ones leading the way. They are the ones that they are the ones who are organizing. They are the ones who are they are the places that have more free thought than any other than any other universities out there, because they know they know the history of injustice. They know the history of things that's been done. It's ingrained in them. It's in their charter. Everything about HBCU. Is 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 relevant to the world today, 
And I when everybody said that HBCU is no longer relevant, that right there gets my blood boiling because that I never heard I never heard anybody be that wrong and that ignorant of of a of, of a history of a history of of institution and of a people. Um, then when I hear someone say that, Shaquan. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, they would be wrong. That's an incorrect statement. Uh, I believe that HBCUs have produced a lot of leaders all around this country, really the best of the best. And um, as Jamie said, with the current state of our country, uh, we need HBCUs now more than ever before. Um, it gives African-American people, as well as other people, you know, the chance to learn about our history and be proud about who we are and, and, and to be in a place where we're safe. I remember, you know, um, we would have marches to the polls. When I was in school, that was the first time, when I was at Fayetteville State University, that was one of the first times that I actually voted. Mm -hmm. And when I was at Fayetteville State University, that was the first time that a president, a presidential candidate that I believed in actually won an election. So... It's really, they are necessary more now than ever before. And um, they're great fixture for us as African-Americans that have voids of our history and our ancestors and where we come from. You know, it makes us proud. There's a history established there. And um, it's something that needs to continue to go on. That's awesome. Um, to echo everyone, it, anyone who says that statement is clearly does not know and doesn't want to know the history and the importance of an HBCU. And it just, as everyone said, now more than ever, HBCUs are more relevant and vital um, to African-American students and to anyone else who wants to come um, and be a part of the um, institutions. But they are completely necessary i mean if you don't think they're necessary then you need to look around at your healthcare um professionals at your dentist at your lawyers your engineers mm -hmm. um and that because mm -hmm. when you say that they're not relevant you're telling people who are in those professions that they are not relevant that their credentials are are <laughs> uh, bogus <laughs> if anything is is it is a complete disrespect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the people who make that statement are in denial. Um, the experience that, oh my gosh, some people just don't know the history. Um, and it's, it's like they don't want to know that it's even an experience that all of us had to go through decades and decades ago. My father graduated from North Carolina Central in 1961, and he could have gone to any school, but he was not accepted because of his color. It was a time when... Um, Black people could only go to the HBCUs. And if a few got accepted to a white institute, um, it, was, it was very few. He was living upstate New York in Binghamton. And he took a Greyhound bus all the way down to Durham to attend college. Um, his family was not really able to afford him that opportunity at any institution, but he was able to get a scholarship in track. 
Mm. That track scholarship got my father through college. And he would not have gotten that anywhere else if it wasn't for the HBCU experience. Um, and the reason why I feel so powerful and, and, and like just honored to have attended one is because not just because my father went to the same one I did, my son also went to the same school. And there are so many great people that have come out of these colleges and they got the, the same or even better experience than they would have at any other institution. But the HBCU has to be a part of our lives. It has to stay. Absolutely. All right, well, my very last question is, what in your experience creates pride for anyone that attends an HBCU? Um, it's, it's a couple of things. One of the major things is the history of the institution and what the HBCU stands for. Um, the the fact the fact the fact that the HBCUs were created out of necessity. It was created for to to train to to train um to train young young black young black um young black uh, sorry young black students who wanted to take their education further who didn't have a chance to go anywhere else and now and now it's a choice so now we are choosing to go to those institutions we're choosing to follow in those footsteps and we could go anywhere we want to but we chose certain schools for that for for for, for the reason that we want to be there yeah. and uh another thing another, another thing on another note a thing that would make anybody proud whoever went to an hbcu whoever attended an hbcu mm -hmm. it's always going to be homecoming Homecoming is gonna make anybody proud. Yeah. <laughs> Every it does it does it doesn't matter how far you are. It doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't doesn't matter where you work at or where you are. If you hear homecoming is going on, you gonna let somebody around you know that homecoming is going on and that you're missing it. <laughs> you you let somebody know and stuff like that. Uh, as far as 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 far as I go, the thing that really makes me that really makes me feel proud um, in my school is being. Being here at where I work at the library right now, and where I see when I see anybody walking around with a North Carolina Central hat, North Carolina Central, North Carolina Central um, shirt, any type of North Carolina Central merchandise, and part of me just kind of sort of even though I work at the library, I just kind of want to scream out, <laughs> "Ee, funk!" <laughs> and see, and see, and I want to see, I want to see, I want to see the response. I want to see the response. You, bro, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just want to. I see. I'm like, oh, he's wearing a central hat. I'm gonna. Go, I'm walking behind him. <laughs> and just, but yeah, that's that. That's one thing that brings that brings pride to me. Every time I see that, I just want to just like, I want to know what they, what they call back. What they call back if I say, no, no, I'm in the middle of the library. I can't do that. But what if I did? <laughs> Alicia. Sounds that back. All right, Shaquana. Um, for me, I would say, you know, uh, attending an HBCU, it created so many firsts for me. The first time that I voted, um, it, it allowed me to be completely comfortable with who I was. You know, I decided to uh, grow my hair out naturally and no longer have chemical relaxes in my hair. And that was a time where it really wasn't as popular as it is now. And, you know, going back home, I caught a lot of flack for it from my family and my friends. And but at school, I felt comfortable in that journey. Um, and for me, I think it's a chance for us to completely be ourselves. 
You know, African-Americans have lost generations of, you know, our history, you know, due to the slave trade and different things. And so I feel like the history of our HBCUs is tangible for us. You know, it creates pride. It fills a void for us. And um, that's what makes me proud is that seeing our people come so far with all the obstacles against us to still strive and be the best of the best and want the best and encourage each other and love each other. You know, HBCUs, it feels like a, a huge family reunion, you know, of our people just striving to be better. And I just love that. It makes me so happy, so proud. I encourage everybody to go. It's just an amazing feeling. Absolutely. Alicia? Thank you. So um, for me, it's just the experience in and of itself. Much like Jamie and Shaquana said, you just, you have that sense of pride when you see somebody repping your HBCU. And I don't know if anybody else on the panel feels this way, but you kind of get like a fraction of that pride when you see somebody wearing the colors of a completely yeah. different HBCU. Because who knows that even though they made a mistake, <laughs> And when they didn't choose to go to Winston-Salem State, you knew that at least they had an experience maybe not as great as yours, but still they were able to revel in that community that the um, HBCU brings. And for me, it's part of being a part of a heritage and a legacy that I hope that one day my son will continue. And even though, you know, he is he is small, I have already granted him permission that you may choose another HBCU. <laughs> but son, I do pray that it is an HBCU because HBCUs deserve the best and the brightest. And I feel like I'm growing him to be among the best and the brightest. And I just want, for me, it's just the legacy and the heritage and the continuation of that. Absolutely. Oh, um, Tiffany? Definitely would. Um, Shaquana and Jamie and Alicia said like I echo every single last one of that and I'm glad Jamie brought up homecoming because as an Aggie I am not okay Jiho has been cancelled this year oh. <laughs> the greatest homecoming on earth has been cancelled so your fellow Aggies are not okay um, but just going to attending an HBCU it is um just continuing that legacy and knowing that when you step on campus, you are now a part of that rich history and that legacy and just learning the culture or excuse me, the history of that specific HBU, it gives you pride. And each one of those institutions has their own and that makes it that much more, um, I can't even find the word. It, it just makes it that much more special HBCUs all around. So even and I think I always find it funny how, you know, each HB, we all say, you know, you made a mistake. You didn't go to my HBCU, but there is still that love for the, another HBCU that we have because we we know we've had an experience that we can understand. And even though we can't put it nice. into words, we, we still understand. We have that connection with each other. Absolutely. Yeah, what makes me proud yeah. about um, just attending HBCU the homecoming and also seeing the step shows. Mm -hmm. I, I am so proud um, to see 
step shows just continuing and getting greater and wider. There are more people pledging our great fraternities and sororities. Um, our father was an Alpha Phi Alpha, and he used to step on the yard back in the day. And when I see homecomings now with the older gentlemen joining the younger in the like so powerful for me I just I mean I get tears when I see you know older members of sororities older members of fraternities singing the songs doing the steps holding hands locking arms and um that's a seasoned procession I mean when you see them walk in line and come through I mean it it's just it's a stunning and historical moment in time. I mean, nowadays we have, you know, we could cell phone everything and, and live everything and put everything online. But if you are not there in that moment, it mm -hmm. is just not the same. It's not. So homecoming and step shows. Yes. Oh my goodness. If you haven't experienced, go to one when we have a chance to go to a homecoming and step show and just feel <laughs> it live. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining me today. I have learned so much and I know that everyone who listens to this will also learn so many things and hopefully they will decide to attend an HBCU. But thank you guys again for joining You're me. Welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. The library wants to be able to help teens on their journey as best we can. So for more information about college and queer connections, please visit Charlotte Mecklenburg Library's website, cmlibrary.org teens, and check out the Career Exploration Spotlight podcast. Thanks for listening.